What do we do when we find ourselves up against the many leadership challenges that exist within our chosen careers? We all have goals and achievements that we would like to accomplish. Unfortunately, these desires don't come equipped with insight or awareness on how to bring these accomplishments to light. In essence, this is why the Dream Octane Niche Finder Framework was formed. Our founder, Clifton C. Manning, spent the first 17 of his 20-year career in healthcare working with physicians and healthcare leaders to achieve patient-centric goals while possessing only an associate's degree in applied science. At times, these challenges were daunting, and he felt unqualified to achieve the success he wanted. However, he focused on becoming intentional in reading every leadership book that he could find, as well as attending frequent seminars in areas where he saw opportunities to improve. Over time, as he applied insights gained from these various sources, he was able to successfully and efficiently cross the hurdles he found himself up against. Eventually, varying degrees of success within his sphere of leadership influence became more evident. The Niche Finder podcast is intended to bring similar insight to you, the listener, from those who have achieved some level of noteworthy success in their chosen career. Our hope is that the challenges they have overcome in the past will provide insight for your current leadership struggles and unlock the dream of achieving success in your own career. We believe that if innovative change is an engine, your unique dreams and abilities could be its fuel. And now I present to you the host of the Niche Finder podcast, Clifton C. Manning. I want to welcome you to this version of the Niche Finder podcast. Today we have calling all the way from Arizona. This is Jim Marshall, everybody. He is the author of the book, Septemics. And if you want to know something about the hierarchy of human phenomena, this is someone who actually founded this system. And so without further ado, we want to introduce the Niche Finder podcast to Jim Marshall. Thank you for being part of the program today. Thanks, Clifton. All right. So to get right into this, why would the audience have a vested interest in your journey? Well, my life really has been about transformation. I went to school for 28 years, which was part of that transformation. But also I had a long career as a human development engineer, helping others to improve themselves. And while I was doing that work, I discovered Septemics just sort of incidentally just fell out in front of me. And I realized I could go for, from helping people by the hundreds, which is what I had been doing, to helping people by the millions by getting them this data on Septemics. Hmm. What internal struggles did you have at, at the start of this journey of yours? Well, it depends on what you mean by the start of the journey. Uh, I was a kid who was acutely interested in the mysteries of life, or you might say the twilight zone, anything in that nature. Uh, I was a natural polymath, meaning I wanted to learn everything that was taught in every university course in the world. Uh, and that kind of really dominated my whole life. I've been engaged in education since I was three. Uh, and it's still going on. Uh, so this internal struggle was really about what is the mystery of life? What's going on? And all of that eventually led me uh, somewhat by accident into discovering septemics. Okay. And what type of external struggles did you have? Well, because I was a polymath, I found that I had to have separate groups of friends. 
You know, I had one group of friends with whom I attended physics and math lectures. I had another group of friends with whom I played football. I had another group of friends with whom I was in a rock band. I had another group of friends with whom I would attend plays and poetry readings and so forth. And none of these people liked one another. I had to keep them separate. But I was interested mm. in all these things. And I got along with all these people. For instance, I was in the math club, right? I took 26 semesters of math and I loved every minute of it. Oh, uh, now I was the only guy from the football team in the math club. Mm. And I'm sure I was the only guy uh, on the on the football team who was in the Mad Cub, and the only guy in the Mad Cub was on the football team. So, you know, there's a lot of this mutually exclusive stuff. I never had a problem with any of that. To me, knowledge is knowledge, and there's wonderful things in life, and I'm interested in so many different things. Mm. I mean, there's a limit to so how, many, how many areas I could master. I mastered about a couple of dozen subjects. And that also can... That's fascinating. ...to my discovering septemics, because... If I didn't have that polymathic background, I wouldn't have known what I was looking at when I found it. And so for, for those who are listening to the Nishrana community, polymath, just by definition, as I'm looking it up here, is a person with wide ranging knowledge or learning. And so when you think about this part of your journey, if you have so many wide ranges or so many different subjects that you find yourself pursuing mastery of, what epiphany did you experience that actually brought you to an understanding that this niche of yours actually could be something of value to others? Well, first of all, I had many epiphanies. I mean, my life is about epiphanies. Um, mm. I would have massive epiphanies in class, in meditation. I'm still meditating. I'm still studying. And so I had probably tens of thousands of epiphanies. Uh, but as far as septemics, uh, I had an epiphany about the data that I had been collecting. Uh, so let me just explain that a little bit so you know where Septemics came from. So I worked one-on-one -on -one with hundreds of clients over thousands of hours as a human development engineer. All of my clients improved. I started noticing, just incidentally, that they would improve in ways that were predictable to me. Now, I never told that to anyone, but I made notes. And as the years went by, I started to realize that my clients were going up scales. In other words, the client would be at a particular level that I recognized, and I would know what the result of the session was going to be because I knew the next level up, and that's exactly what would happen. And this happened thousands and thousands of times. So I just made notes of this, and by about 1995, I had about 32 scales of varying lengths. Now, one scale in particular, by then, I knew axiomatically was correct because I have been using it for decades. And in 95, I realized that this sixth level scale actually had a seventh level. And when I inserted that seventh level into the sixth level scale, it manifested mathematically. And when I saw that, I said, whoa, this must be natural law because anything that has mathematics embedded in it is natural law. So, uh, it went from being a scale, really, to uh, 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 a table. In other words, all this data jumped out when I had the whole scale. So then I said, wait a minute. I don't know what this is, but this looks big. I wonder how many of these other scales that I have are actually seven-level scales that were not developed all the way because I wasn't developing anything. 
I was just helping my clients and making notes. So knowing what I was looking for, I studied these other 32 scales and they all developed into seven level scales. And as each one did, it manifested mathematically. So then I said, wait a minute, this is a new subject. So that day when I realized that that six level scale had a seventh level and then it manifested mathematically, that was the epiphany of septemics, where that was the, the germ of the subject in 1995, where I realized I had mm. something completely new. Hmm. So let me, this, this part of the, the program, you know, we talk about your journey. Yes. I'm very interested right now in actually getting to what your niche would be, right? And so, because I kind of hear it coming out as you're explaining your answers. So I see that as five categories. It's what do you do that you're passionate about? What do you do that feels purposeful? Patterns that you have or what you do naturally well? Proficiencies is the opposite side of that coin, which is what you've learned to do well over time. And then you have problem solving which also includes problem finding. So if we go back up to the top, what do you feel that is your passion? What do you do that when you do it, you feel ignited? Basically, my life is about helping people, myself as well. So I have had a lifetime of helping people. Even as a boy, I was helping people. And I had this long career as human development engineer helping people. And that led me to discover Septemics, which is all about helping people. So anybody who can read English who wants to help himself can do so by using this book. It's it's not mysterious, complicated, or obscure. So that's my passion. That's why I do this. I want to help people. Uh, because if you think the government is going to help you, or the university is going to help you, or the corporation is going to help you, you're going to be disappointed most of the time. Because they're not really there for that. They all have their own access to grind and they're all their own dysfunction. This book will help you to lift yourself up. And basically the way it works is you find yourself or another person at a particular level. When you find that, that is an epiphany on any one of the 35 scales. And then you can move yourself or another up to the next higher level. So this is very precise and really foolproof. I mean, it, it, I went out of my way to write this in a way that the average person could use it. So that's what excites me, helping people. And what do you do that feels purposeful? What do you do that when you do it, you feel like I was made for this moment? Well, certainly the meditation that I have been doing since I was a very young man, that's still going on. It's spectacular, but that's the best part of my life. Uh, but also, uh, when I worked as human development engineer, that was very meaningful to me, helping people. Uh, and also teaching septemics now. I've done about 120 interviews and it's sort of put me in a position of teaching people about septemics. And that's, I'm happy to do that. So they'll find out what it is and use it. So those are all what very patterns? useful things to me. Uh, what patterns do you have? What do you do naturally well? Learn. By the time I was a junior in college, 
I realized that because of my intense scholarly life, that I had the ability to learn anything with little or no help from anyone. And so I used that throughout my life to master disparate subjects well beyond uh, what I took in school. For example, I took one course in law in college and I got an A, which is usually what I got. And then I continued to study law. And eventually I became, although I haven't been admitted to the bar, a competent litigant. I mean, I have won lawsuits against professional lawyers and they leave the courtroom scratching their heads, wondering how did this guy beat me? So that's just an example of one of many things that I was able to learn all alone. I really know how to learn. And that's one of the reasons that this book is good, because I sort of work backwards looking at what do the people have to see or hear in this book for them to learn the subject. And I know I succeeded at that because I've been watching people respond to this material for 27 years. People get it. Hmm. What do you do that's a proficiency? What have you learned to do well over time? Well, I certainly was an excellent human development engineer. Uh, I might say a virtuoso, uh, where I helped people of every description to improve their lives in whatever ways they wanted to improve them. And this was across many axes, because different clients have different interests and different concerns. So that's something that I was really good at. And as I said, that led me just accidentally to discover septemics as a result of the sessions that I did and the notes that I took. Hmm. What problems do you solve? Well, I think the main problem that I've solved that's unique is how to help people. I really understand that. This is not mysterious to me. Uh, I mastered mm. this as human development engineer, where I could pretty much take any person who wanted to improve himself, who could afford to pay me, or uh, I could improve him. You know, it was like a 100% response. And all of that sort of went into this book. The, the book is written that way, that I know how to help people, and I constructed this book that way. Each of these 35 skills wraps around the reader. So when you look at this book, it's like putting on glasses and looking in a mirror. You see yourself. It's not difficult. Hmm. And so that part I consider to be your niche. Now, this last part is your secrets. So now, you know, someone who's a polymath, as, as, as you say that you are, I mean, I'm curious to know, what advice or what secret would you share with your younger self that would help accelerate your younger self who has all of these interests and all these uh, pursuits of mastery? What would you tell that younger self of yours to help accelerate them from where that person is at that moment in time well, where you are today? Let me put it this way. If I could go back in time and meet myself as, let's say, a 15-year-old or an 18-year-old, I would give him the Septemix book and say, learn this book. This will facilitate your progress. This will make it easier for you to succeed and do so faster. So Septemix is sort of like a secret because very few people know about it. 
Now, people are buying the book and people are listening to my interviews and such. So little by little, the secret is getting out. But generally speaking, it's it's a big secret. It's I have this fantastic system that works. So it's it's sort of like a secret. Because so, mm-hmm. so few people know about it. Which how important do you how important do you believe that it is to have consistency at a very at the very start of your journey? Well, of course, consistency is a very positive benefit. Uh, it's hard to succeed at anything if it's hit or miss. Uh, you know, one of the reasons that I was a very successful scholar is that I was very consistent. You know, I uh, I did what the teachers told me. I did all my assignments. I took all my classes. You know, I was... Uh, I, I did not disobey the teachers in any way. You know, if they said, do this, I did it. And I, that really facilitated my learning a lot. So I was a very consistent student and a consistent learner. I mean, I'm still learning. I mean, I, I watch to this day, I watch educational videos every day. Hmm. You know, um, I was listening to Pastor uh, Josh Finley. He made a quote that I thought was interesting. He said that criticism is a price you have to pay in order to leap past mediocrity. When you think about this journey of yours going from where your younger self to where you are today, how important is it to stay committed to the journey? It's absolutely important. I mean, if you're not committed to the journey, you're not going to get there. Uh, in case anybody out there hasn't noticed, we live in a very dysfunctional world that has a lot of oppressive people in it. People who will mm. take advantage of you or victimize you if you allow it. And so they throw barriers in front of you of one type or another. And you have to be willing to uh, deal with that and, you know, not get discouraged. You have to stay on the path and keep doing what you're doing. In other words, if a guy wants to become a physicist, he can't allow other things to get in the way. You know, he can't allow his friends to say, hey, come on, let's go play softball. He's got to say, no, I have to study my physics assignment. Mm. Well, commitment is extremely important if you're going to get anywhere. Yeah, you know, I, I, Denzel Washington actually says that, you know, in order to pursue your goals, um, and, and I'll paraphrase, dreams without goals are just dreams and ultimately lead to disappointment. He says in order to achieve those dreams, you've got to have consistency and discipline. He says without discipline, you'll never start. And without consistency, you'll never finish. And right. so when you think about your journey, how what level of intensity does one need to have in order to not only pursue their dreams, but to stay consistent with it? Well, you know, if you're if you're not purpose driven, if you don't have a, a fire inside you, you're not going to get there because things are going to knock you aside. Uh, one piece of uh, advice that goes along these lines, similar to what you're saying that I tell many people is, Focus on the goals, not the barriers. Most people focus on the barriers. They say, oh, I'm too short. 
I'm too fat. I'm too old. Whatever. I don't have a college degree. Those are barriers. And when you focus on that, you defeat yourself. What you want to focus on the goal, whatever that is, you know, if you want to become a boxer, you can't focus on the fact that you're left-handed. I mean, that is, is a barrier to boxers. But if you keep thinking about that, you'll, you'll never get there. So that goes across all dynamics. You have to focus on the goals. So if you have to give someone some, a short list of things, and let's just say to your younger self, a short list of things that uh, 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 along with your book, what other things do you think are some necessary steps that one would need to take? Like you mentioned seven that comes equipped with your book. Are there any other action items that you would give to your younger self to help you on this journey? Well, first of all, one of the things that I've learned from a thousand different directions is to focus on the basics. This is a huge problem. Most people don't understand. Focus on the basics. And I have had tremendous success working with my clients because I get them to focus on the basics. Uh, and people tend to focus on esoteric things rather than the basic things. Like, are you getting enough sleep? Are you eating a proper diet? Do you get any exercise? Uh, how are your communication skills? Uh, when you study, are you sure you understand the words that you're reading? Most people, just when they, when they read, they just go past words that they don't understand. So, of course, they don't get it. You know, you have to actually look at the text and say, do I know what this word means? You know, if you're reading a physics book, it says electron. Do you know what an electron is? So, you know, most people, uh, and I have found this for my entire career. If you ask them, do you know what this, word's, this word means? They'll say yes. If you ask them, what does the word electron mean? They will not know. They will not have a response. So, hama, 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 like Jackie Gleason. You, you have to ask the person, if you're trying to help somebody, what does this word mean? Like if I tell somebody, listen, you need to do aerobics. Okay, I've worked as a trainer. Maybe the guy doesn't know what aerobics means. I'll ask him, what does the word aerobic mean? Okay, and most of the time, they don't know. They can't give you a straight answer. So that is a basic thing. So you have to really focus on the basics. Because if you don't have a solid floor to walk on, you're not going to get anywhere. So, you know, before you go to trigonometry, you better know geometry and algebra, period. If you don't know geometry and algebra cold, don't go into trigonometry. You're going to be lost. And that's, that's how I teach my clients and my students. I get them to make sure they know the basics. And then when they go forward to the next step, they get that. And it's really a question of gradients. In other words, getting the right gradient, getting the person at the level he's at, dealing with them at that level. You know, I've had clients come to me from Europe whose first language was not English. So obviously I had to treat them differently. I had to speak to them differently to make sure they understood what I was saying. So I had to uh, uh, adjust the way that I used English. 
And I had success with those people. If I did not know that informational basic, I might not have had as much success with them because they wouldn't know what I was talking about. Hmm. You know, in the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, John Maxwell actually has an interesting quote that kind of ties into what you're saying. He says, to be conscious that you are ignorant of the facts is a great step to knowledge. And when I think about what you're saying, it's like it's it's almost like getting back to the basics. There is also a call to um, some desire or some hunger to to want to attain whatever the higher level is, but to have a desire for the little things in life. Do you yes, agree? Absolutely. You know, the word student comes from the Latin verb studere, which means to desire. Literally, a student is someone who has desire. You know, the guy's in a calculus class because he desires to know calculus. If he doesn't desire to know calculus, he's got no business being in that room. He should go out and do something else. Go to a baseball game or something. So when you teach somebody, you have to keep the desire there, which means there's a sweet spot in between the person getting discouraged because it's too hard and the person getting bored because it's too easy. You're right in the middle there is the gradient where you keep the person desirous. And I focus on that continually with my students and have a lot of success where my students want to stay with me because they get it. And the reason they get it is I'm paying attention to them. I'm, I'm paying, look at the body language and their, their responses and everything to see, is this guy really getting this? And sometimes they'll say, do you know what I mean when I say the word boppity bop? And usually they'll say no, and then I'll tell them in a, in a way that they'll understand. Excellent. And so for our Nisrana community, if you, if you are, you know, wanting to hear more from Jim Marshall and learn more about his book, uh, Symptomics, you can, uh, how would they reach out to you? And uh, what would be the best way for them to do that? Well, I invite your listeners to my website, which is septemix.com, S-E-P-T-E-M-I-C-S, where you can see what many readers have said about the book, what, what many journalists have written about the book. You can read the reviews. You can read sections of the book itself. And there's even a 15-minute recorded introduction to Septemix by myself explaining to you briefly what the subject is, how it works, and why it will help you. So I invite you to go there right. and benefit from that. Excellent. And so to our niche founder community, for those who are interested in even pursuing what their niche would be, we talked about starting from the basics. Well, the basic that you can uh, start with is what do you do well? And how do you can you take that, that message and turn it into a mission and then eventually uh, monetize it uh, with some momentum behind it, right? And so um, you can visit, visit us on dreamoctane.org. And you can also, you'll have it, the link in the description itself. You can also join us on our Facebook group because you can take that message and turn it into a book. That's right. Uh, we have a, you know, a Facebook group that's how to become a first-time author in uh, on a shoestring budget in less than 90 days. And we have different techniques to encourage you, to empower you, to equip you to get to that end result. And so we want to thank Jim Marshall for being on our program today. 
And we look forward to having the very next guest who can help you on your journey towards success. Thanks again for tuning in.